This program is sponsored by FlatFeeForMeds.com. My wife and I are nearing retirement, and the prescriptions are starting to add up. Now I get my meds for one small monthly pharmacy fee and have enough money left over for Friday night date night with the missus. 90% of all prescriptions are covered. Check for yours at flatfeeformeds.com. Check it out if you want to save money on your prescriptions. Flatfeeformeds.com. Once again, flatfeeformeds.com and save money on your prescriptions. Welcome back. It's Speaking Out America, Jim Watkins. I want to give thanks to Bill Freeze over at TalkStream Live. I've been meaning to, to say this for quite some time. I've known Bill for a long, long time, and he's a very inventive guy, and he's done a lot of things, I think, that have have made uh, for great content on, on your smartphone, and a couple of things that he's come up with. One of them is uh, uh, something called TalkStream Live, which is great because it gives you at any moment on this app a way of listening to all the the live talk shows that are going on all over the country. Uh, and it's an easy way to get the content. And it's uh, also gives you an ability to kind of see, you know, who's the top, you know, who's, who, who is everybody listening to? And he tabulates all that. And he's a real good guy. Anyway, uh, as a favor, I said, Hey, would you mind putting speaking out America up as a, as a podcast? And he has done so. And so I wanted to tell you that if you are looking for a good app, uh, this is sort of an informal plug, but it's a way of saying thank you, you know, for putting the show up there, really. And because uh, we're about reaching people and I want to be on everywhere. So uh, we still got to get on YouTube and some other places. And, and those things are in development. But for right now, I, I did want to give a thanks to the folks over at TalkStream Live for carrying this program, which, of course, comes your way via crntalk.com, Monday through Friday, 12 noon and 5 p.m. Pacific. And then also on all your favorite podcast platforms, Speaking Out America. So I'm a big fan of John Nolte. John Nolte writes for Breitbart. He's sort of their editor for all things entertainment. And he has a lot of conservative viewpoints. He's, uh, his ability to follow up on what's happened to Disney over the past decade has been incredible. Just a great, great writer. We'll see if we can get him on sometime. But what he points out, and he's been pointing out now for several years, and I've been aware of it too, that uh, there's a there's a market attempt to limit you being able to own stuff. Um, and an example for that is DVDs and CDs. Uh, it's getting harder and harder. Even when you have all your music on the cloud or all your DVDs and stuff, you know that that stuff all goes bye bye if there's a, an EMP or for whatever happens. And not only does it go bye-bye from your cloud account, but it also goes bye-bye, period. Meaning they they rewrite songs now, like sometimes you'll hear a song and they take out certain words because it might be politically correct, like there's a couple of songs. Uh, in movies, The French Connection, they'll remove dialogue because supposedly it's offensive. Uh, sound, what is that, uh, Gone with the Wind now, it comes with a disclaimer for people who might be sensitive to the idea that at one point there were slaves. So what's happening is the industry is doing a self-check and they're eliminating things. Uh, they're, what they're trying to do is change reality. Those things no longer exist. And it's the same thing they're doing with statues. It's unbelievable to me that, uh, that they want to remove the William Penn statue. 
William Penn is the founder of Pennsylvania. He was one of the fairest uh, uh, leaders in our country. He's a hero. But by the fact that he somehow was involved in slaves, he's been discredited. And I think uh, the writer, was it uh, Tobin, uh, who remarked that this isn't about the statues. It's eventually about people. You know, they're eliminating the statues now, but eventually they'll go after just eliminating people. History tells us this over and over. So in a small way, keeping hold of DVDs and my favorite movies, and the other night I said, I went to my wife and I said, you know what? I'm going to start a collection. You have a collection of books. You're always getting books. You get passionate about your books. Well, you know what? I'm passionate about my movies. I love my movies. My movies are everything to me. They're my memories. They're my escape. And I don't want them to go away. Clips from great movies like this. Grave danger? Is there another kind? You said he was in danger. I said grave danger. You said is there I any other I recall what I said. I can have the court reporter read back to you. I know what I said. See, it's just little moments like that, you know, or, or moments like Al Pacino in, in, in this great movie. It's the when you are out of order. You're out of order. You're out of order. The whole... Yeah, I mean, it's just... I never get tired of seeing these movies. Here's one. Here's an oldie but goodie. Uh, tell me if you think you can recognize where it's from. It's one of the best movies ever made. And I'm afraid that they're going to get rid of it because it might come across as offensive. And this is where we're at in our country where things are being erased from the public square because somebody says it might be offensive to someone else. But can you tell me where this movie comes from or where this clip comes from? Beware the beast man, for he is the devil's pawn. Alone among God's primates, he kills for sport or lust or greed. Yea, he will murder his brother to possess his brother's land. Let him not breed in great numbers, for he will make a desert of his home and yours. Shun him. Drive him back into his jungle lair. For he is the harbinger of death. Now, I could see that being uh, cut out, edited out, because somebody might get offended somewhere. How could you possibly say such things? Who are you talking about? You know. And do you know the movie? Obviously, Planet of the Apes. Rod Serling's classic 1968. It was a groundbreaker. And, but the, the context of that is that the apes ended up taking over and they were be, being warned by the early ape prophets to beware of man because man blew everything up if you didn't get the point. But somebody today could take that completely out of control and they could say, well, that has some reference, some racial overtones, whatever it is. And that's what I'm talking about here. You've got these people who are worried about silly little stuff. Here's one of my favorite scenes that you probably have never even really stopped to listen to. But it's, it's from Apocalypse Now, one of my favorite movies. And I'm telling you, eventually these movies will go away. They will remove any movie, just like they're removing the statues, because they don't want you to know that something exists because it might infect your mind. That's what they're worried about. Take a listen. In this war, things get confused out there. Power, ideals, the old morality, and practical military necessity. But out there with these natives, it must be a temptation to 
be God. Because there's a conflict in every human heart between the rational and the irrational, between good and evil. And good does not always triumph. Sometimes the dark side overcomes what Lincoln called the better angels of our nature. Every man has got a breaking point. And that's from Apocalypse Now, G.D. Spraulding, one of the great actors. I think he passed away recently. But yeah, uh, if you look at the headlines today, uh, Best Buy is ending DVD sales. They say the consumer electronics retailer will phase out sales of DVDs and Blu-ray discs, both in-store and online, in early 2024. According to industry sources familiar with the company's plans, Best Buy made the initial decision to end DVD sales nine months ago, According to one source, I understand the Walmart also. I was in a Target the other day, and I said, you know, I noticed you don't have very many DVDs because people don't buy them. Everything's online now. Best Buy confirmed Friday that it's ending sales of its DVDs. Quote, to state the obvious, the way we watch movies and TV shows is much different today than it was decades ago. And see, now, I would argue that it's, it's going to continue to be much different. And then pretty soon, all the stuff that you loved, all that wonderful mu- uh, music that you loved, suddenly somebody says it's offensive and it's no longer. One of my favorite comedies, Tropic Thunder, uh, that movie will be gone. It will, disappear, it will be disappeared uh, eventually. And then, and then what? And then, you know, what, what's uh, Klaus Schwab's fa- famous statement? You will own nothing and be happy. And not me, buddy. I'm buying up what I can. Thank you very much. Speaking out, America, Jim Watkins. This program is sponsored by FlatFeeForMeds.com. My wife and I are nearing retirement, and the prescriptions are starting to add up. Now I get my meds for one small monthly pharmacy fee and have enough money left over for Friday night date night with the missus. 90% of all prescriptions are covered. Check for yours at FlatFeeForMeds.com. Check it out if you want to save money on your prescriptions. FlatFeeForMeds.com. Once again, FlatFeeForMeds.com. And save money on your prescriptions. Welcome back. Speaking out, America. Jim Watkins here. Hope you're doing all right. I want to go over some of the numbers so you kind of get an idea of the fiscal impact that this border invasion, which to me is the number one issue right now in America facing Americans. But for some reason, the people on the left don't see the border issue at all as being an issue which is surprising to me because they're going to be affected by it just like everybody else. They will be paying the price, trust me. And they're already paying the price because we're seeing crime go up, as we were talking about earlier. Um, we see it, the state, I mean, what I mean by the state, the state apparatus, the states of California and other states like uh, Colorado, New York, they're making it harder for people to defend themselves, thus making them more dependent on the government to protect them, which they are having a harder time doing because crime is going up. 
so right now we, we're looking at a national debt of $34 trillion. The current interest rate is about 3% interest on the debt, which is a trillion a year. Interest alone consumes about a quarter of the $4.4 trillion in annual federal receipts. And uh, we are paying now for mostly to pay the interest on previously borrowed money. All of this according to economist Herbert Stein. If we cannot go on forever, it will stop. And that's just that. So now on top of this, and then on top of what we're giving to Ukraine and how much money is going to Israel in the billions and billions, and that's on top of everything else that we're doing already. Now we're in the situation where we have hundreds of thousands of people coming in every month across the border. Uh, and the numbers are staggering. The numbers are absolutely staggering. When you think about the fact that every American right now is paying not only in services, medical services, which will soon be flooded, uh, home prices will be shooting up, rentals, there'll be more people on the streets, and that's not even addressing the criminal element. You know, And so how is this administration going to deal with our southern invasion between now and and the end of the year. Does he even want to? And why aren't the Democrats holding him accountable for this? Border Patrol estimates 1,000 people per day, 365,000 people per year. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas acknowledges 600,000 illegal gotaways crossed the border in 2023. He says the immigration system is broken. These are estimates, but the real number, no one knows. Let's say a million gotaways a year, making the total 4.6 million migrants a year, more than the population of L.A. added to America each and every year. As most migrants are unskilled, unable to speak English, many illiterate and unemployable, they are by necessity supported by American taxpayers for food, shelter, education, travel, health care, and clothing. What does that cost? Well, according to what I'm reading here, New York City's daily per person cost to house migrants climbs to nearly $400. That's $400 that every New York City citizen would be paying if they were having to pay for this crisis. People don't even make $400 a day or a week. What about health care? California plans, in addition to allowing them in and staying, also providing health care insurance to all illegal immigrants at an annual cost of about $4,000 for each adult. That is as much as I pay for my own insurance. According to Judicial Watch, the net cost of illegal immigration is greater than the annual gross domestic product of 15 different states. So those are the raw numbers. That's the raw data, and we're not talking about the impact that it has on law enforcement uh, or, or the impact that it has on social services for Americans. And look, uh, I don't know why the Democrats aren't equally upset about this. It is going, in fact, it is going to affect them more because typically in larger cities, you have more Democrats who are being infected. And that's why people in the streets of Chicago and New York, not yet in Seattle or Portland, they're still vying for the immigrant. And they're going to see a, a horrible price for it. It's no question. 
uh, and then the cultural adjustments. Now, one thing that's, that I think is shocking to me is when you see the pictures of the people that are coming in, clearly you see people that do not look like they're desperate. They look almost like an army. They look, they, their clothes are cleaner, their shoes. Someone once told me, if you see someone homeless on the street, a, a street beggar or a vendor, look at their shoes. They got nice shoes. They're probably doing okay. That's what he says. I don't know if that's true, but that's what he says. But the southern border is the, the Democrats are going to choose abortion as their main priority for this election. Abortion, abortion rights, your rights, because they, they think we live a, in a dystopian, you know, handmaid's tale reality, which they, and I want to talk about collected memory. Collective memory is an important subject that I wanted to bring up. But let me just finish this. We have a problem at our border. And as Nikki Haley said, you know, Canada too, uh, for a couple different reasons. One, the people that we need to now take care of, uh, if we if they are to have any kind of semblance of human dignity at the cost of American citizens who did not want this, that's number one. And number two, we have to educate them. We have to make sure that now that they're here, they're going to have to function. And that is going to have uh, an, an impact on rentals, on job availability, for people in these inner cities are now going to be competing with another workforce that is oftentimes willing to work less than you in order to get a job, or they're going to be on Social Security or SSI or any number, number of government and state programs where they get free money. And that, too, comes at the expense. And if, if we don't make it the number one issue in our country and show the voters how this is having an impact on their life in a negative way, then we will lose the election because this is the only issue. This is the issue that Trump tried to warn us about, and others, by the way, borders, language, culture. We've been screaming about the over-inundation of migrants for decades. And we look to our friends in Europe and we see what's happening in Germany and in France and in England and things are not pretty. Crime is through the roof. People are not allowed to critique the government because they'll be charged with racism laws. It's crazy. And it's, it's, it's no joke that they're calling it, what is it? Your, uh, I forget. Uristan. That's what it is. Uristan. And this isn't about race. It's about the shifting of power. And now some... States, some counties in France are now observing Sharia law. The other day I heard that a church, a famous church in England was taken over and is now a mosque. And they're playing the mosque music, the prayer music. But I want to get to uh, something that came up uh, that you're seeing now with the Democrats and what they're doing with January 6th. And I'll start it by saying this. We all in America have a collective memory of what slavery was like in the 1860s and 1850s. And when I say we have a collective memory, we have a fabricated collective memory. It comes from Roots. It comes from Amistad. It comes from every movie that you've ever seen about slavery in the United States. And so as a collective culture, we think because we've seen these movies that we have a memory of what slavery was like in this country. And the fact is, it's fake. We don't have a memory. Uh, 
we have someone else's portrayal, whether it's Alex Haley or Quentin Tarantino, we have someone else's presentation of history. And the same thing is now happening with the Democrats when they're recalling January 6th. The Democratic Party has created a fake and fabricated memory of January 6th. They did it with ABC News, with the editors there. I forget the guy's name. They had it with the cameras. Nancy Pelosi had all of those cameras strategically staged. They had in-beds. They were ready to go like a movie production. It was like a Cecil B. DeMille movie production. And it was done for the intensive purposes of being able to create and fabricate a memory of an insurrection that never occurred. And I am convinced that half the people in this country now honestly believe that we had an insurrection because of the tapes, because of the testimonies. Do you know that most of the video depositions have been erased? They've been lost from all the witness testimony from those thousands and thousands of hours of tapes? Do you know that so much of it has been edited they can't even bring back the source material? And the only thing we're left with is this fabricated, televised production of what happened in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. And they're portraying it as a complete and total attempt to overthrow the United States of America. And that is not what it was. It was a, it was a handful of people who got stirred up and the frustrations were running really high and there was a lack of law presence in the crowd. Unbeknownst to most of the people, there were embedded FBI agents in the crowd stirring up shit, and that's what they were doing. And we know it, and they know that we know, but they're now fabricating this entire event, and it's no different from the plot line of Manchurian Candidate when they created a bunch of memory for these soldiers so they would come back and all tell the exact same story. That's called a fabrication, a created memory, and they're going to run on that. Okay, go ahead. Run on that, will you? If that's what you want to run on, a fabricated memory of January 6th, go for it. Not the best political strategy, if you ask me. So Republicans, conservatives, stay focused on the border. That is our winning issue. Because we're all going to be affected by it. It's treasonous. We knew the truth because we saw it with our own eyes. So it wasn't like something, a story being told. It was on television repeatedly. It was on television repeatedly, 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 repeatedly. We saw it with our own eyes. 